You're listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. We still have the baddest intro. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punchin' Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game today is monday july 24th 2017 our guest on the hotline bling today will be no other than sean porter and his dad trainer kenny porter let me properly bring on my partner in crime creator and founder of badculture.net contributor for black sports online jay labeouf what's good in inglewood jay What's good, RB? Woo, it's nice and cool in Inglewood. Thank God. It's finally cooled down a bit. I mean, not as hot as Phoenix. It's still probably a, mm. a cool 115 out there, but it cooled down a little bit in L.A. Good morning, everybody, and happy Monday, boxing fans around the world. After a slow boxing weekend, we look forward to another full load of boxing this coming weekend, capped off by the anticipated fight between Adrian Broner and Mikey Garcia out there in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. And since that show is going to have a lot of that in it, it brings us to today's hot question. The hot question of the day is, why do you think Broner is considered the underdog against Garcia, who's never fought against the top 140-pound competition? Mm. We want to hear your responses. We posed a question yesterday on social media, and you guys came out in abundance. So we'll read a little, a few of those in just a moment. But we want to keep hearing your responses, so make sure you use the official show hashtag TMPS. So we can see your responses. We can't see you in the scroll if you don't use the hashtag. Use the hashtag. But to uh, give you a few early responses, because we have so many, we'll start with Ant Just Win Baby. He says, because Broner is one of the most overhyped fighters in history, always loses in big fights and is undisciplined. Straight That's out of culture says, That's very true. Straight out of culture says, Broner often seems scattered, even in the ring. Mikey Garcia appears more focused on his goals in the game. AB sh- AB show still annoys lots of people. Also That's very true. true. <laughs> Santi underscore 609 says, simple. It's called the eye test. Screw the statistics, the record, and to an, an extent the opponent. Like it or not, Mikey equals elite skill. Okay, I'm going to fill you on screw the stats, mm-hmm. but, and Mikey, I mean, yes, Mikey has elite <laughs> skills, but I wouldn't say that Broner doesn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that, though. Right, right, right. I'm with you. Square up, mm-hmm. square up. I like that name. Square up, bruh. Square up, bruh says, <laughs> Broner hasn't looked sharp in his last few fights. He hasn't picked up where he left, and he has had, left and hasn't had good KOs. I can't disagree with that either. So I'm going to put the pause there on the hot question of the day, because trust me, we have a lot of responses. So we'll read a few more of those later in the show. So again, keep tweeting us. Use the hashtag TMPS so we can see them. Back to you, RB. Well, you know, thank you. And you know what? That was such a good hot question. And um, I'd like to ask you that question, Jay. Why do you think Broner is such the underdog in this fight? I think for a lot of the same reasons that our, our listeners have mentioned, the the lack of commitment, the dedication, the false starts, the partying. But at the same time, I'm not ready to count Broner completely out, especially how he's really changed up this fight. I, he knows what time it is. He knows it's sink or swim. But I can see why fans are are considering him the underdog. I don't think that's so outrageous I just think it was outrageous when people were calling it like a 10 to 1 or 5 to 1 or whatever it was initially was crazy but looking over Broner over the last few weeks and what he's been posting and where he's been training and what he's been doing wow I'm just ready for the fight uh I think that there are just so many variables of this you know and uh, I think he is the underdog for a reason. I think that Broner, and this is no hate in my game here, but he has had some very spoiled matchmaking over the years. And every right. time he stepped up to fight a B-plus fighter, he has lost. And he has struggled with B-plus 
C-level fighters, and you can't deny that. He has struggled in showcase fights. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that is why he's the underdog. I don't think it's because of his antics or his drinking. and all. I mean, yeah, we're, we'll talk more about that later when we break down the fight and we give our predictions why. But why is he the underdog? Because he has always struggled with a fighter. And that's, right. that, those are facts. And if we look at Mikey Garcia today in boxing, he's probably considered an A fighter. So if Broner has right. always struggled with a B, B plus, B minus, well, they're probably figuring he's going to get smoked by an A guy. And Mikey Garcia right now is considered an A fighter. I in couldn't my agree opinion. more. I, so. I think it's a good one. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that Mikey is definitely a class class fighter but you know yeah. you can't all you can't count the scrappy kid out so we'll just see how it plays out you're right you're right so listen we do want to play some know it or blow it today we um have a really fun trivia game um you can win a free gift from forama.com so make sure you call in 718-508-9852 press one if you're willing to play know it or blow it with us um really great gifts over at forama.com so, Jay, with that being said, um, I want to – I think we should bring on Jake Donovan for Jake's take and, uh, and really get into the meat of the show before we get with uh, Sean and Kenny Porter. All righty. Let's bring him on. Uh-oh. I'm loaded. Okay. Here we go. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and Jay, and now it's time for Jake's take. Yes, Uh-oh, where's Jakey? Uh-oh, there he is. Good, Good morning, RB and Jay. Hi. Good morning. Uh, all right, no mixed drinks today, I promise. Yeah, please. We had people, like, you know, asking us, what the hell was Jake doing in the background last week? Uh, vacation's <laughs> over, right? No more fun, I promise. <laughs> all right, big, big fight week. We've got Broner Garcia. Yeah. We're going to break down that and give our predictions a little later. But I want to get some updates from you and your take on a few things. I want to start off, Jake, with the World Boxing Super Series. It's like, you know, they did the big draft. Everybody's really excited. The cruiserweight tournament seems like it's going to kick ass. But we <laughs> have yet to, like, know anything about TV or coverage. What is going on with the World Boxing Super Series? Um, I know Showtime was, like, the main candidate, I guess, the, you know, the leading contender to, for U.S. coverage, but they really haven't seemed to go on full throttle in it. So it's, it's still it's an uphill battle as far as uh, getting this stuff seen through U.S. audience, which makes it a struggle because the tournament is already so Eurocentric. So it's, um, you know, Showtime was the one network that was interested, but they're a little bit warm. It's not cold on it. So that, that, that's a struggle. You know, barring like NBC returning to the fold, which once upon a time was like a, a heavy inside rumor, but all of a sudden they've kind of disappeared. You know, they're not revealing any information. Um, the World Boxing Super Series has its work cut out for them in terms of bringing this uh, to a U.S. audience. AWE could be a player. I mean, they always seem to sneak up at the last minute and, you know, provide um, coverage from, you know, especially from England. So um, maybe it winds up on there, but it doesn't seem to be the big package that it once was in terms of uh, U.S. audiences being able to experience it. Hopefully they come through with a surprise. I mean, it seems little by little they're revealing one detail at a time. You know, it's not like they revealed all eight they try it once. It's like, it seems like every three days, you know, the information's coming out staggered. Hopefully the last piece of the puzzle is we find out what network it's on. But it's, it's not Showtime. It's definitely not going to be HBO. So it, it could be like a regional cable outlet like AWE or, you know, like that, unless a major network comes into the fold last minute. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> want to make sure that we I know. I, I want to just want I want to make sure that we're able to watch this thing. I mean, I actually in the beginning was a little skeptical of this tournament, and then mm-hmm. as things started rolling out, and you saw how things were looking, and it looked actually very professional the way they did the draft. I'm like, yep. I started kind of getting excited for it. Yeah, definitely. I, the one thing I was kind of hoping that Showtime would invest heavily, like in a Showbox, Showtime Boxing International series, where you get a few day night double headers, where like in the afternoon you get like you know some World Boxing Super Series action. Then at night, you get, say, you know, Deontay Wilder, you know, in his next fight or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like the 154-pound series that, I'm, you know, we're going to touch on a little bit later. But uh, it's, for now, it doesn't seem to be the case. You, you would think, like, with um, when, like, you know, an outlet in Russia or Germany, like, when they're the primary network, it's not a major investment for U.S. networks to get involved. So you, you think they would kind of jump on that opportunity. 
especially since the whole intention is to bring more shine into these divisions. So, yeah, I, I guess for now it's just wait and see. Hmm. Well, you brought up Deontay Wilder's name. So I'm going to go right into Wilder here. <laughs> what the hell is it going to take to get Vermeer Burn out of the way so that Deontay Wilder can make a fight? Um, the WBC has, has a good opportunity to tell him to step aside. I mean, first of all, he hasn't fought since a very close win to um, he hasn't fought since a very close win to Derek Rusty, which was at least 18 months ago. I want to say it was like November of 2015. Uh, to, to, yeah, 2015. So it's been well over 18 months. I know he was supposed to have to have the fight with Vizekian. He failed the drug test. He admitted that you know he unwillingly uh, took a or knowingly took a substance, and he enrolled in the clean boxing program. Then Vizekian failed the drug test at the last minute, so he pulled out of the fight. I guess that's why they were kind of forgiving and, and keeping them as a mandatory contender. But the, the, the point is, the guy hasn't fought in a long time, and now he actually just missed the drug test. You know, uh, when you're enrolled in the clean boxing program, you're supposed to let Vada know of your whereabouts at all times because they're going to come up, you know, at any given time. I mean, I've been in a gym, and I've seen fighters get that phone call, where are you going to be? You know, we're going to come test you, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, apparently, Severn and a few other fighters didn't do that. So they wound up, it's, you know, they didn't um, fail a test, but for now they're just considered uh, having missed a test. So where people are misconstruing that is they're taking that as a failed drug test where Severn's going to get suspended. That's not necessarily the case. What it is, he has to now explain why he missed the drug test. If he avoided it deliberately, then there's going to be a punishment in place, and that would be the loophole into getting Deontay to move on to, say, Luis Ortiz or, you know, any other opponent of his liking and the opponent that the, the public is going to prove of as well. Um, if it's just a matter of, you know, it was just miscommunication between the fighter and, um, and Vada, then a test can get rescheduled. So, but even if he is handed, like, a suspension or something, it, he could still appeal that, too. So there's, it's an uphill battle in getting him out of the way. The WBC just has to simply step in and say, you have him for it, now you have this, you know, missed drug test. You know, why don't you step aside for now? We're going to let someone else fight. You explain to us why you should remain ranked. So, you know, as long as the WBC isn't saying anything, Severn's going to remain in the way because he's not stepping aside. I mean, Heyman and I, I would like to thank Sabella, but I know the PBC side, they've done their part to try to get King and Severn to step aside. And they're just not having it. They want their second title shot. You know, I'm yeah. thinking because if they do step aside, they have to take another fight. And that's a risk. He's, you know, he's getting up there in age. He hasn't yeah. fought in forever. He, he barely beat Derek Rossi. I mean, so yeah. who's to say he doesn't lose to the next guy and blows his title shot altogether? Yeah. Well, let's say we get Remain Severn out of the way. Last week, you were on family vacation. You were in Florida, and you went and you actually stopped by some gyms. You went and saw yeah. um, Erickson Lubin. You got to spend some time with Louise Ortiz. And mm -hmm. what can you tell us? I know not everything, but what can you share with us <laughs> regarding your visit with Louise Ortiz? Is the fight with Wilder even in the work? Is it in the talk? Is, it, is there any preliminary stage whatsoever? Should we even get excited? There's two different perspectives of looking at it. From the perspective of, like, the fight being negotiated, yeah. I mean, you could say that the fight, it's in the, it's in the hopper right now. Um, Jay Jimenez is talking with Wilder's people. I'm guessing either DiBello or, you know, whoever Heyman has assigned to negotiate the fight. Um, I, I'm guessing DiBello is intimately involved in this one. Uh, that fight, it is being discussed. Where Ortiz is standing, he's not getting excited because he's recognizing that Severn is in the way. And Ortiz understands that because he's actually Anthony Joshua's mandatory challenger. And he doesn't want to step out of it. The only fight he's willing to step out of the way for Joshua is a Klitschko rematch. So he's mm -hmm. actually kind of waiting on Klitschko to decide, am I going to come back? Am I going to fight Joshua? Am I going to retire? Because if Klitschko retires, he wants Anthony Joshua. He couldn't even care less about uh, Deontay Wilder. He's going to want that shot against Joshua, or at least wants his WBA belt. He doesn't want Joshua holding that title ransom. I mean, holding it hostage. So that said, if he knows that he can get a clear shot of Deontay, of course he wants that fight. And it's not going to be a matter of money. Luis Ortiz is one of the easiest guys to negotiate with. You tell him you're available to fight, he's going to jump at the opportunity to fight you because there's not a lot of heavyweights out there that are willing to fight him. So they respect the fact that, you know, Deontay's people, I haven't really heard Deontay mention Luis Ortiz, but Deontay's people are mentioning that Luis Ortiz is a leading candidate. Very big if, if they can get Berman Severn out of the way. Mm -hmm. Ortiz wants to see Severn out of the way before he gets too excited because he's heard a lot of times where a big opportunity is coming his way, and he has yet to get that big opportunity. A lot of people are very big on him. You know, he's that heavyweight that nobody seems to want to fight, but he wants to be the heavyweight recognized as the best in the world. 
Right. Well, keep us posted with that. Um, You know, it it felt like a lot of the reports that were coming out on certain websites were a little premature, and they sounded like the fight was really just close to being finalized, and and I don't think it's that close yet. So make sure you covered. Yeah, if I could just touch on that a little bit more. Um, A lot of the reports, everyone keeps claiming multiple sources. It's easy to claim multiple sources in boxing, but when three or four reporters had the same information, it's coming from one source, and that one source is saying that November 4th is the targeted date for the fight. I know for a fact Luis Ortiz was told to be ready October 14th, maybe late October. Fighting November 4th at Barclays Center would be foolish because you're now going up against USC at Madison Square Garden. Oh, and right. USC's numbers are down, but they're still ahead of boxing right now. I mean, sad to say, you know, they just had a record low rating on Fox TV, but it still kicked the crap out of your, uh, PVC on Fox that ran the week before. So for them to run against head ticket against UFC is foolish. Never mind the fact I don't see the New York State Athletic Commission sanctioning both an event at Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center. You know, especially two big events like that. So that's why I, you know I, I'm being led to believe October 14th is the more realistic date, and Lou Dubois does have a hold okay. on Barclays on that night as well. Okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, anyway, we want to wrap up with you, Jake, and we want to talk about. This big fight this weekend, Broner Garcia, we want to preview it. We want to give our prediction. We have this game now between the three of us called Prediction Boards, where me, Jay, and Jake give our predictions, and then we see um, who is the most on point. So big fight this weekend. Broner is the underdog. First of all, Jake, I want to know why you think he's the underdog, and we want to get your official prediction. It's pretty easy. I mean, Broner, he just really hasn't shown a love for the game lately. I mean, he missed. He left his title at the scale when he fought on Estrella Payne a couple of years ago. He, you know, he missed really, he missed it by I think a quarter of a pound, and then I guess he was so dried out he didn't even bother to you know try to shed that extra weight. Uh, he looked good, not great against Habib uh, Alakadiz in uh, re, uh, winning a title 140 pounds before that, and then in his last fight he looked you know he barely got by Adrian Granados. So I'll be I think you even said you had Granados winning that fight. Yeah. You know, um, he he just hasn't looked like a four division world champion in his past few fights so. Mikey Garcia looks red hot. He, you know, blew the crap out of Dejan Glutichin in, you know, in his last fight. You know, Glutichin was, was viewed as the number one lightweight in the world, and, and Mikey made it look easy. I mean, he's only two fights into his comeback, but he's undefeated. And right now, I mean, it's an argument between Mikey Garcia and Jorge Linares as the best lightweights in the world. So moving up five more pounds against a guy who's historically struggled to make weight, and he truly hasn't made 140 since beating Alexa D for the title, you know, almost two years ago. So, you know, it's, you know, Bruno is the one that has a lot to prove in this fight. And maybe the oddsmakers learned a little something from when Manny Pacquiao moved up to fight Oscar De La Hoya way back in 2008. You know, with De La Hoya was the overwhelming favorite. He's too big for Manny Pacquiao, and we all saw what happened. So now maybe it's not, you know, a, a big uh, risk when a, a elite-level fighter, a close-to-elite-level fighter like Mikey Garcia moves up in weight. So yeah. he's the red-hot fighter. He's the favorite right now. Um, they, they could Maybe they could be sleeping on Adrian Broner this time, though. So who's your official pick? Oh, well. <laughs> you got about um, five minutes here. All right. I'm used all five minutes then. Yeah. I like the fact that Adrian Broner took it to uh, Colorado Springs to get away from everything. Uh, I know in the past he's gone from Cincinnati to D.C. In D.C. he still kind of has his distractions. Plus, he had a, a lot of crap going on in the past. You know, this time around, I mean, maybe he's got some things going on in the background. But the fact that he's around a guy like Bud Crawford, you know, it, it seems like those two camps are actually vibing really well. You know, the kind of I, I, Bud doesn't need any motivation to get in shape, but Adrian maybe he looks at a guy like Bud. He's like, man, I was ahead of you. Now this guy, not only is Bud ahead of him, he's pretty much lapped him. You know, Terrence Bud Crawford is one of the best fighters in the world. Adrian Broner was once, you know, maybe in the conversation, but he's kind of being viewed on his last legs. And I hope this camp just isn't about making weight for him. But it seems like there's a different kind of um, look in his eye. I, I, you know, he knows the deck is stacked against him this time around. It's the story we hear over and over, but this time I truly believe he is taking it seriously. That is the case. I think he will be a little bit too much for Mikey moving up in weight. I think he's going to find a way to win in decision. I hate picking against Mikey Garcia. I've never done it in my life. This is my first time picking against him. Yeah. So Jakey's picking Garcia by decision. Jay, I want. No, no, no. I'm picking Adrian Broner by decision. Oh, I'm sorry. He's picking Broner. By decision. I'm a little surprised by that. Jay, I want your take on Broner Garcia and your prediction. Well, you know, I have two conflicting trains of thoughts. On the one hand, I, too, have never picked against Mikey Garcia. And at the same time, I've also been disappointed at the turn 
in the late the latest years of Adrian Broder's career. But with that being said, for the same reasons that Jake mentioned, I have appreciated the fact that he's completely relocated his camp to Colorado. He's completely isolated and insulated himself from the things that distracted him before. He's looked on weight long before we got to fight date. When he came to L.A., he didn't look so far out of shape. He still looked pretty tight then, so I don't think he's had to spend the majority of this camp losing weight like he's had to in the past. He looks sharp. He looks focused. He hasn't gone online and tried to convince us that he's sharp and focused. He's just been going in there and doing what he needs to do. I, too, think that Mikey Garcia jumping up to 140 is a big jump for him, considering his past history where he struggled to make weight for a previous fight and had his whole incident where he threw up and he passed out and all those things. We have Broner, who looks like he's comfortably moving up in weight. I think that on fight night, Broner's going to be even bigger because he can comfortably settle back into his weight and he won't blow up since he's been in the discipline of camp. So with all that being said, I, too, am going to pick Broner by split decision. Wow. Man, (laughs) it's going to be me against the world. Okay. Here's my take on Broner Garcia, and everyone knows that I love to rip on Broner, but I'm going to be as authentic as I can and as unbiased as I can because I was never a huge Mikey Garcia fan either. So this has nothing to do with, you know, me liking one guy more than the other. Um, You know, I do think that the odds in Vegas did open up a little too high. Five to one was a bit much for Broner being such an underdog. I think they had gone to like two to one now. But here's the thing, a guy like Adrian Broner that has been effing around for the past three years, you just can't get right in eight weeks. Like, that is very shocking to your body. And I feel that the photos that I'm seeing of him on social media and training, he looks overtrained to me. He looks overshot. He looks like he's overdoing it. I think he could get stopped. I think that he has overtrained with Look, when you spend three years of women and drugs and drinking and gambling, you can't just turn that around in eight weeks, especially not against an A fighter. And, again, I'm not hating because Broner, he is the more athletic fighter. If if him and Mikey Garcia ran a race and they went running, Broner would beat Mikey Garcia. But I think Broner, I mean, I think Mikey Garcia is the better boxer. I think he's a pure boxer. I think that – you know, Garcia is expected to kick Broner's ass. I think that's what the people above kind of want to happen. And when I mean above, I mean I think Showtime would love for Mikey Garcia to win this fight. I think Al Heyman wants Mikey Garcia to win this fight. They're looking to build their next star. And Broner has been enabled for many years with his matchmaking. He has struggled in showcase fights. He has struggled against B fighters, B-plus fighters. I think that Saturday it kind of comes to an end. And I just think he's overshot. I think he's going to be overtrained. Eight weeks is not going to turn his whole career around. When the past three years he has been so hard on his body. If you look at him, he looks old. He's younger than Mikey Garcia, and he looks old. He looks old in the face, old in the body. Um, I'm predicting that Mikey Garcia is going to win by decision. And it's going to be like 116 to 112. I, I almost want to say that he's going to stop him, but I'm not going to go that far. I don't think Broner is going to get credit early on in the fight, just like Granados didn't get credit early on in his fight because Broner was expected to win. They wanted Broner to win. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see here is where he's going to probably start out good, but I don't think he's going to get any credit early on. Um, I think he'll make the weight. That's great, but that doesn't mean that he's not overshot. So I'm picking Mikey Garcia, 116-112, unanimous decision. That was a mouthful. <laughs> gonna be a good, it's going to be a good prediction war Saturday night. If you're listening to the show, make sure you're on Twitter with us so we can uh, talk it out and see how it plays out. All right. Woo! I'm still looking forward to the fight. I know that they did um, adjust is the word that they used online. They adjusted ticket prices. So if you do want to go and see Broner Garcia at the Barclays Center, there's lower-level tickets now for like $99 at Ticketmaster.com. So you can cop up some tickets. 
And uh, I'm looking forward to it, Jay. I think it'll be a fun night on Twitter, too. Absolutely. Well, Jake, it is always a pleasure. Thanks for joining with us. Thanks for not making cocktails in the background this early in the morning. We were concerned about you. And for the people for the people in the back who clearly are not paying attention, remind them once again where they can find you. At the, uh, Twitter, just find me at, at Jake in the Box. All right. Well, thanks again. Right. We will talk to you All soon. Right, Thank you both, RB&J. Always a pleasure every month. Thank you. Any mileage. With nationwide auto warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. It's a night of boxing royalty you won't want to miss. This is James Smith from In This Corner TV. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame will be holding its fifth annual induction ceremony on August the 12th in the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas. Many of the legends of the sport, past and present, will be on hand for this charity event, and you will want to be right there with them. For more information about this amazing event, please go to nvbhof.com. Tickets are on sale now. And we are back. You are listening to the Morning Punch-In Show with RB and J. Why don't we go ahead and bring on our first guest, the trainer, the father, the the man who produced the guy who's making WWE-style call-out videos on Instagram, none other than Kenny Porter. What's going on, Kenny? Everything's good. How are you guys? We doing good. We doing good. So Kenny, the show this morning. you know we haven't. Thank, thank you. you, thank you. You know, thanks for listening. We trying to do a little something here. So Kenny, catch us up. What's going on with you? We're going to talk to Sean in a little bit, but before we bring him on, Kenny, let's get your official predict prediction for Broner versus Garcia this weekend. How are you seeing the fight? <sighs> well, you know, it's not as easy as. Um, I mean, I, I think you guys, all three, of you guys, made very valid points and. Um, it's not that easy for me, uh, but I have been up against him. I have known him for a long time. I, I, I've trained him. I've, I've used him as a sparring partner. I, I know a lot about him. Uh, his antics, his lifestyle has always been a problem for him um, from the start, you know, uh, mm. amateur boxing, you know, all the way through. Where is that now? That notwithstanding, I think he has the ability to beat the guy that he's fighting. Uh, I don't know the guy that he's fighting at all. Never met him. Yeah. Seen him fight once here at, uh, I think, the MGM Grand. Um, you know, it's just me and, and, and knowing the other guy and, and having much more experience with him. Uh, one fight wasn't impressive to me. The opponent definitely was not impressive that night. So uh, I'm going with Broner on this fight. Mm. Uh, I think he, I think he right. can put it together. I think he can put it together. Uh, one more time, uh, will he be able to pull this off a year from now? If he keeps living this way, probably not. Um, more than likely, you know, he's gonna he's gonna decline. But um, you know, he went back to what he previously had known, what I had taught all those guys, which was, hey, come out here to Colorado, and get away from everything. Let's train at the altitude. Let me show you how to do this. So they went back to all those same things that they were doing when they were riding with me. So they have an opportunity right here to to bring him back from the abyss, so to speak, and I think mm-hmm. they can pull it off. Wow. Quite different from what my prediction was. <laughs> and your your prediction was very valid, and it could be right as well. But, you know, um, I, I, on the other side of it, if we were just, if we were just, from my opinion, if we were just talking about um, training and work ethic and lifestyle, yeah, the other guy is going to win this hands down. But he still got to pull it off in the ring, and yeah. um, you know that's that's going to be the that's that's going to be the determining factor for him. But also on Broner's side, you know, how much has the you know lifestyle you know taken away from his his fight night? 
Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's talk about your fighter, your son, Sean Porter. We haven't talked to you since before the Birdo fight, so congratulations on that big win and, um, you know, so much success that you've had recently. And I know that you guys are digging and itching to fight again this year, and I know that we all want to see Sean fight again this year. There has been some rumors about maybe potentially a fight with Danny Garcia, and so I know you probably can't tell us too, too much, but how about if you give us, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, how is that fight looking, a fight with Danny Garcia? Look, on our end, it's it's ten plus. On our side, it's a ten plus. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, I I hate to sound like you know we're overconfident. Never that because we're going to work as hard as we've ever worked, and and even harder, you know, uh, once the contract is signed. But you know, because of you know the things that go on in you know in the back rooms that we have no control over um we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that at this point uh but for us it, it looks great from our standpoint we, we it's easy for us um we went looking for the guy two years ago when he said we couldn't fight and you know we didn't know how to throw punches and things like that and and he had absolutely nothing to say to us and then i think his little response at that time was why they picked it on me i just moved up to 147 you know, something like that, you know, and the reality of the situation is anyone who knows us, anyone in boxing who knows us, which he's known us since he's probably, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, they know all you got to do is say yes, period. We can't send that kid a contract. He wouldn't accept it. If we sent him a contract and I paid my lawyer to send him a contract today and the, and the contract had everything there except the number figure, which he can write in his damn self. Not a problem. He would say, he would say, uh, you know what? That's not how you do business. Uh, you know, we can't make a fight like that. Uh, you know, so he's going to have to be, you know, um, he's going to have to be convinced. He's going to have to be, you know, his hand's going to have to be held. His daddy's going to have to be convinced. You know, there's a lot of things that's going to have to happen for them to accept the fight. But from our standpoint, it's easy. We'll do it. The WBC has already said, hey, looks like those are the two guys that we want to fight for this interim title. Make that part of it happen. Obviously, I think you guys probably seen the PBC has come out with something on their website that asked mm-hmm. fans what they thought about this fight. So in my eyes, whether Danny likes it or not, and I'm sure he didn't like it, they're pushing <laughs> for it, Danny. Yeah, and, you know, when the rumors first started circulating or, you know, the preliminary talks, even people on social media, the fans, were all for it. I didn't. I don't think I saw anybody say, oh, that's a trash fight. I think everybody was like, hell yeah, make that fight. So I think um, it got the interest of the public as well. Um, so Danny Garcia, he had a tough fight this year with Keith Herman. Do you think maybe they're looking for a layup or maybe like a showcase or maybe a tune-up? Because if that's the case, then that's not Sean Porter. I'm sure they'll be looking for some, something, yeah, something else. Anything else, anything else, um, you know, a guy in the alley with, with a gun, they take him on before they come out into the public <laughs> and, and and take us in front of, you know, 12,000 people at the Barclays. But we want to come back to the Barclays. We have absolutely no problem coming to the Barclays. We love to come to the Barclays. Let's make that fight happen. So, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be looking for something else, anything else. Um, you know, he came out with a response and said that he was laughing at Sean, not with him. And I laughed at Sean, and I laughed with Sean and all of that about that because I oh, thought yeah, it was we loved myself. It. But at the same time, the reality of it, of the situation is the powers that be, the WBC, the fans, Everybody wants to see this fight now. So, you know, um, we got no response from his dad, which I didn't expect very much in that situation anyways, as far as, you know, him coming out saying that he wanted it. Because if you recall, and I'm sure you guys do, a few years ago, he's, he's asking, you know, the question, why are these guys fighting each other? They shouldn't be fighting each other. You know, Sean shouldn't be fighting Keith and my son shouldn't be fighting. Then after that, he wanted his son to retire after after the Keith decision, you know. So, um, 
I'm, I'm sure that uh, they'll be looking for something else to do other than us, but we're not going nowhere. We're right here, and we're going to make it be known that um, actually we'll be headed to New York um, this week. We'll head over for the Bronner Fire. I hope he's there. Nice. Oh, Kenny, how do you keep shots? Sorry, go ahead. What was that? During this time, you know, while you sit and wait and want these fights and fans ask for these fights and you have to maneuver through the politics of what's happening with boxing, how do you keep Sean up and engaged and 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 focused and without getting frustrated? How do you keep him clocked in before he just says, you know what, enough, I'm going to move on to something else? You've been watching my home video cameras. How you know about all that? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's, it's, kind, it's it's kind. You know, we see we see some. Let's just face. Let's just keep it one hundred. We see some really ridiculous fights. We see some fights that don't belong on TV. We just see a lot of shenanigans that happen on broadcast. And every week, I see something that makes me wonder why can't Sean get a fight. So on the flip side, as not just the trainer, you're there with him all the time since you are his father too. How do you keep this kid? He's a young guy, and he's still got a lot of offer to the sport. So how do you keep this guy engaged in a sport that hasn't been very loving back towards him? Uh, man, it's not easy to um, keep anybody focused on uh, something that they're not involved with directly all the time. In other words, what I mean by that is like if you're going to a work site every day, and you were directly involved with what was going on uh, throughout the workday, and you had breaks, you know, a 15-minute break here and a 30-minute lunch break there, you'd have to be focused throughout the day on what's going on. But when you're not directly involved with it um, and you're not, you're not, there's nothing tangible that you can touch or feel or be a part of, you become detached because of those reasons. And the natural tendency, as you just said, was or is for a young person to go out, have fun, do different things. And, of course, because we're involved with uh, athletic sports here, you got to stay in shape. So that happens uh, to a lot of athletes. It, it has not happened to him in the truest sense. We've definitely had the times when, you know, we, we want him to be working um, and he's not, but – um, for the most part, I mean, probably 90, 90, 90% of the time or, yeah, about 90% of the time, you know, we can get him to do, eh, higher than that, we can get him to do what we, we want him to do. That doesn't always mean that we're getting the result that we want because we really can't push that hard because there's nothing there for him to train for. So it's not easy. Um, we do try to uh, – be creative with different workouts. I got a lot of help from, I get a lot of help from my assistant trainer, uh, Larry Wade. Um, and uh, he helps out a lot. Uh, from time to time, I'll bring in different sparring partners. We're bringing in sparring partners all the time, even though he's not fighting. Uh, we got a couple of guys here right now. Um, they get, you know, they get paid to do what they do. Um, some of them have different styles or different attitudes or, or, you know, different sizes or, you know, you know, to make him have to adjust or 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 refocus on what's going on. So um, it's not by no stretch of the imagination is it easy at all. You know, a lot of other things that we do is try to have fun. Like him and the guys went out last night. They did top golf. You know, oh cool. Um, he he did top top golf last night. You know, there's other things we're doing, just trying to keep him up uplifting and upbeat. So um, no. By no stretch of the imagination it is easy, but we just keep working at it. It's our job. Well, all right, Kenny. We're going to switch over and we're going to get the flip side response from your son, Sean. Here's, okay, so here's my suggestion. This is what you got to do to get a fight. You guys have to pretend that you're not in shape and that you're not working out because we know promoters <laughs> like to drop a dime when they think you, you fell off. That's when you get those calls like, hey, we got to fight for you when they think you're out of shape. So just pretend and start fo- floating some fake news out there that you guys are not working out and Sean put on like 40 pounds, okay? <laughs> That's a good one. I- I've thought about that one before. It's crossed my mind for a couple of years. I thought about it. 
you know, but they're doing their, they have been doing their best to catch us like that, you know, a year between fights. That'll, that'll do it to you. All right. All right, Kenny. Thanks for talking with us. And now we're going to switch over to your sunshine. All right. So now we are going to get the flip side. Let's bring in now Sean Showtime Porter. What's going on, Sean? Hey, I'm all right. How y'all doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Hey, my dad just just texted me. He said, whatever you do, don't do the impression. (laughs) Oh, yes, you are. You don't have to listen to him. You don't have to listen to him. You're not in the ring. You know what? You know, since, you, since you kicked it off from the jump, we don't even need you to do it because we got it right here, right now. I've Uh-oh. only just heard that the WBC would like Showtime Sean Porter to fight another title eliminator. And they want me to fight none other than a cherry picker himself, Danny Garcia. What I say to you, Danny Garcia, let's get it on. Ooh, yeah. Woo! Have to give you the Ric yes. Flair woo while we're at it. Oh man! All right, somebody that, said that. All right, you, 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 you know we had to ask you about it. Okay, so what was going on that day when you filmed it? Were you watching WWE? Were Were you on the alpaca with like a a jacket on that had like some a boa attached to it? Were you feeling like <laughs> Ric Flair that day? What happened? And who filmed the video? That's what we want to know. Hey. Hey, listen, man. There's so many, so many, so many things I can say that would you guys would just be like, no way, no way. But um, oh yeah, tell the me. bottom line was we we kept seeing the WBC. Uh, people were posting about the WBC wanting me to fight an eliminator against Danny for the interim title. And so my dad said, man, all this talk's going around. Let's just make sure everybody knows that that we want to fight. So we started doing some some videos that day of me training. I really didn't even train that day because. Everything was geared around, you know, recording stuff. So it was just 15, 30-second, you know, clips and, you know, uh, 15, 30-second intervals of me doing stuff. Fast forward, uh, he leaves the PC and he, and he calls. He says, make sure uh, Sean does an interview speaking directly to direct, directly to Danny Garcia, letting him know he wants to fight. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it, no problem. And I was like, man, that sounds boring. And, you know, I do that all the time. I do interviews all the time. That's boring. And then just out of nowhere, uh, Macho Randy Savage popped into my head, and I hadn't, I haven't been watching him. I haven't been watching WWE, nothing like that at all. Just uh, Macho popped into my head. The other crazy part was um, we we left the PC, and my guy says, "Man, we forgot to do the interview, and or we forgot to do the video." I said, "No, don't worry about it. We'll do it when I get home." I got home, I just grabbed a couple things. I had a jacket, the glasses. And while I was doing that, I kept trying to play a video of Macho on my phone, and my phone wouldn't upload anything. So I'm like, shoot, I, I need to see how this guy sounds before I do it. And I just kind of went off memory. And the, and the other crazy part about it was it, I put that together in my head in like just a couple minutes, couple couple minutes, and then I told the kid, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And boom, one take, just like that, you know. Wow. And we got it done. It was funny. It came off the way we wanted it to. Uh, I think everybody out there in the world knows I want to fight Danny Garcia. Um, and right now, it's just a matter of when. Well, you did a pretty good job. When it popped up on my timeline, I did enjoy it. I want to go back to what you said um, at the top. You said they wanted you to fight in an, el- in an eliminator. Why Did they give you a reason why you needed to fight in an eliminator since you were the, the number one you're ranked right behind Thurman. You are his mandatory. Well, I imagine they just don't feel it's right to just give someone an interim title. Um, mm-hmm. They made that first fight for an interim title instead of an eliminator for the for the WBC title. Um, everything will be all good, you know. Uh, but that's hindsight. You don't know that uh, Keith Thurman is going to go down with the with the injury, another injury. Uh, I, I mean, I guess you, you could have seen that coming from what happened the first time we matched up the fight and he had the car accident, mm-hmm. uh, quote, quote, unquote, car accident. Um, but, you know, with, with, with all that being said, you never know. So they, they don't want their their um, their bill sitting around, and so they, they want to keep it active. And, you know, they figure this is the best way to keep it active, with you know, and 
and make it fair, I guess you could say, by making two guys fight for it instead of just, you know, handing it over. But any way I get it, I'm going to get it. So what do you do in the meantime? When your father is on just now, we asked how he keeps you as your father and your trainer keeps you engaged and and not ready to just throw your hands up. How do you take kind of self-stock and keep yourself with your eye on the prize? And like I asked your father in a sport that hasn't been very loving towards you, given that you do all the things right. You know, you're a clean-cut guy. We don't see any antics in the street. You're a great ambassador for the sport. You stay in shape. How do you keep yourself focused and going in that direction and not wanting well, first to quit? Off, uh, first off, I'll say I, I try to do everything right. Um, uh, I was in church yesterday and got a great word about how, you know, God blesses you even when you aren't doing all of the things right. And it's just hard, mm. you know, as humans mm. to to not want to go out and have fun or, or not want to just, you know, sit around with your buddies and laugh or, you know, uh, do the things that I like to do, like, you know, Monopoly cards, bowling. Uh, and I heard my dad say we did top golf last night. You know, we try to mix in the fun uh, so that it's not boring and rigorous. But um, even like right now, I'm at the, the track uh, waiting to, to, to get off the phone with you guys and do a workout, you know, so – we try to uh, work hard during the week, early in the week, and, uh, you know, not that we completely take off through the weekend, but we try to dial it back enough that, you know, the, the batteries, they stay, uh, they stay pretty fresh. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you guys, um, my life has been pretty hard, you know, especially the last few years with only having um, one fight in each of these, the last few years has been hard trying right. to manage uh weight, manage training, and manage, you know, personal life and, and fun and, and mixing other goals and things like that. It, it gets kind of hard, but um, I've learned to appreciate everything that um, my dad has uh, regimented and, and, and also now uh, Larry Wade, the things that they have regimented and the way they try to uh, align things for me. Uh, it, it makes my life easier when I know, you know, you got to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you got to do this, Saturday, you got to do that, Sunday's church, and, and just relax, you know. So I've come to uh, to to enjoy and appreciate uh, my way of life up until this point, even, you know, when you're being told you have to fight another eliminator or you don't know when the next fight is coming. Uh, you know, it, it does get it get, does weigh heavy on me sometimes mentally, but for the most part, I think we all uh, collectively handle it uh, the best way we can. Well, two parts then. We know you guys have been very vocal about asking for fights. What are you told when you keep wondering why you're not fighting more than once a year? And also, a second part is, are you open to fighting anybody other than Danny Garcia? Like, say, a Lamont Peterson, are you are you willing to take any fight? Or is it all about yeah. Danny Garcia? Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, at this, at this point, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's up in the air. It's open. Whoever is, is willing to fight me, I'll get in the ring and fight them. Um, the the thing that then that becomes the thing is we we always end up waiting on someone to uh, state every single um, uh, specification that they want mm. amended in, in a contract just to fight me and 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 it goes on from there you know so a lot of times we just end up um, we're told who we're gonna fight and then we end up waiting on that person to, to finally accept the deal um, even with. Uh, 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 Andre Berto, that was a fight we spoke about, I think, in August, uh, said we would make happen in September, uh, told it was going to be made happen in December, and then that took all the way to June to happen. So, Or, or not June, but uh, it took all the way to April to happen, you know. So it's not always um, just a matter of, you know, telling the guy to fight me. Sometimes it, it takes a little longer to, to, for the fight to get made. Uh, at this point, um uh, I did the video for two reasons. Number one, to have fun. My that my number one uh, reason for doing that video was to have fun. Uh, I know my dad just wanted me to do a video and say that you know I wanted to fight Danny Garcia, but um, I made it pretty clear uh, uh, I want to have fun with what I'm doing, and at the same time I want to be able to entertain everybody. So the number one um, uh, motivation for that video was just to have fun, and then number two was to 
let everyone know out there that uh, I want to fight Danny Garcia. Uh, when I did the video, no, I wasn't expecting him to say, all right, let's get it on when, when we're fighting. I was just wanting him to, to, to see it, uh, understand that this is the fight out there for you and it's not going anywhere and mm-hmm. uh, we're ready whenever you are. You know, outside of that, um, there there are a few opponents that I'm being told could be thrown at me, I could be thrown at them. So um, we should hopefully be hearing something this week as to what's going on next with Showtime, Sean Porter. Well, good. And you know what? Your video was fun and it was refreshing. And I think everyone in the boxing public really enjoyed it. I mean, you could, I mean, obviously you could tell by the amount of retweets and the likes on Instagram and, and boxing needs more of that and less, you know, the negativity and all that other trash. But um, before we let you go, there is a big fight this weekend that we wanted to get your official prediction on. It's the big Adrian Broner versus Mikey Garcia fight. Um, and we've been taking predictions. We want your prediction. I'm probably seeing every saying everything uh, that everyone else is saying. Uh, it's a tough fight. It's not a 50-50 fight, but it's a, a tougher fight for uh, Adrian Brown to me at this point than it is for uh, Mikey Garcia. Uh, I think the first five or six rounds will be very competitive, and I actually uh, expect uh, Adrian Brown to win those early rounds, but um, we all know that uh, he's not always in the right place mentally, and so you can't help but wonder what's going to happen in the second half of the fight when fatigue starts to kick in, when you know the realization that this fight mm-hmm. is going on a lot longer than I wanted to go, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm giving the first um, five, possibly six rounds to Adrian Browner, but I do expect uh, Mikey Garcia to kind of pull away and uh, and take over and win the fight. All right. Well, thank you for your prediction. I am also um, picking Mikey Garcia by decision for kind of the same reasons you said. So, anyway, Sean, keep us posted. Let us know what you're, you know, what's going on in your next fight. And you're always welcome back on the Morning Punching Show. You got some friends over here with Raging Babe and Jay. All right? Hey, bless y'all. Good talking to y'all. See you soon. All right. God bless you, too. Have a good week. All right. Because the right gift can speak volumes. For home, for fragrance, for great body products, think for Alma.com. Offering you the finest products for any and every occasion you can imagine. Say you care the right way and search through our catalog of more than 800 products, from tasteful jewelry to great leather goods. So remember, when you think gifts for any occasion, think for Alma.com. All right, and we are back. You are listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RB and J. Thank you to Sean and Kenny Porter for joining mm-hmm. in with us. We're going to run through some in case you missed it topics real, real fast. Uh, we talked earlier about Deontay Wilder, Bermain Stavern, Louis Ortiz, and that whole triangle. We're going to skip through all that since we talked about it during during Jake's take. But the one point that we didn't cover is the plot is thickening that. Ortiz is making sure that a, I mean, Bermain Stavern is making sure that Wilder Ortiz does not get to fruition. He has doubled down on his team by hiring Jay Prince and attorney Josh Dubin to represent his best interests. As you know, they represent Andre Ward. So if they are even inkling about making that fight, they got to get through Jay Prince and Josh Dubin first. So Stavern ain't playing with them. Also, and in case you missed it, uh, topics this week, Shout out to Robert Figure Robert Guerrero the Ghost. He after his loss against uh, Omar Figueroa, he is retired from the sport. We thank you, Ghost, for your contribution to the sport for always showing up to fight, and we wish you well in the second part of your life post boxing. Also this week, in case you missed it, Jermaine Taylor was arrested again. Shocking! This time for biting and threatening to kill his girlfriend. This is oh the same God. guy. Did he shot or did he stab his cousin in the thigh? He, anyway, somebody keep eyes on, J- on Jermaine Taylor at all times because he's off the chain. So after biting her in multiple places, she had to pepper spray him to get away. So no further update on that at on that at this time. I'm guessing he's still locked up. But if somebody knows otherwise, tip off your girls on Twitter. Also coming up, uh, in case you so missed sad. it, news. Uh, Keeping with Broner Garcia, the penalty, in case you missed it, is half a million racks. If Adrian Broner misses weight for this fight, he has to come up off of half a million racks. That alone is going to keep me in the gym. Somebody make me a bet. I bet you I'll lose some weight. So that's on that. Also, a few more topics. Antonio Margarito is going to be back in the ring on September 2nd against Carson Jones. 
Tank Davis is out here getting his glow up for real. He's out there hanging out with Drake on, and Drake's posting it like he's the groupie. But, I mean, it's Drake. Are we really that surprised? So we got that out in the streets. Curtis Stevens has parted ways with main events and took to social media to say, looking forward to moving on with my career, making the best things happen. Thank you, main events, for everything. The next chapter will be the best. Any promoters interested in one of the hardest hitters in boxing, get in touch. Best of luck to you, Curtis Stevens. I hope you get uh, something out of this that you want. In his place, Frank Galarza has now signed with main events, so they have swapped these guys out. Uh, The WBC is jumping in on Broner Garth. Okay. Let me, before I race through this, I'm going to just say right now, this is the most ridiculous thing I've heard this week. And I hear a lot of ridiculous boxing stuff. The WB, and, you know, shout out to the WBC. It's all love, but I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. And I still want to hold Canelo's belt that he don't want. The WBC is jumping in on Broner Garcia by sanctioning a diamond belt to be awarded to the winner. I'm not sure what the belt represents since Broner isn't a champion and Garcia is the lightweight champion and his title is not up for grabs, so I'm not sure what this diamond belt is for. I can hold that one, too, if they like. But the WBC, they like making belts. They're making a belt for this. They're making a belt for Mayweather McGregor. They're making a belt for Richard Schaefer's tournament. That's not a WBC tournament. So if they're giving out belts, can we get the best morning podcast belt for me and RB? Can we get some belts? Since they're in the habit of making all of the belts. So, you know. And so lastly, Verdejo versus Flanagan has been postponed because Flanagan hurt his leg. And close t- circuit tickets for Canelo Golovkin have gone on sale. The IBF has ordered Richard Comney versus Alejandro Luna and Tevin Farmer versus Francisco Fonseca. And negotiations have begun. Oh, m- negotiations for those fights must conclude by August 4th or purse bids will be ordered. And that story is courtesy of Bat Left Hook. So that was mm. a lot. If you want to talk more about it, tweet me. Use the hashtag TMPS and we can talk more about these topics. But I'm going to yes. switch it back over to RB for some word on the curb. Yes. All right. Word on the curb is that Julian Williams versus Tony Harrison is in the works for October 7th. There are a couple other names in the mix, but it does look like Julian Williams versus Tony Harrison really could come to fruition. Also on that same card, it seems as though Jermel Charlo is officially on board to fight Erickson Lubin. We talked about this fight on Word on the Curb a couple weeks ago, but there was a couple snags, you know, in, in finalizing the fight. I think, you know, Al Heyman might have thrown Charlo another brick his way or something, but he seems like Charlo's officially on board. Charlo Lubin, October 7th. Javante um, mm-hmm. Tank mm-hmm. Davis, it looks like he has a dancing partner. For the Mayweather-McGregor card on August 26th. And it looks like he will be fighting Rocky Martinez. Ooh. Rocky Martinez. So um, I expect for that to be announced. That's the guy that Lomachenko, like, starched in New York last June. Um, That was pretty Mm -hmm. wicked. I'm surprised. I didn't think Rocky Martinez could even make 130 anymore. But it's a big fight. It's a lot of money. You don't turn down fights like that on pay-per-view, on a Mayweather card. Um, It wasn't easy getting Tank an opponent, uh, but it looks like Rocky Martinez did sign up for that fight. Talking about other Puerto Rican boxers, Jose Pedraza has been turning down every fight that has been coming his way. That is the word on the curb. He was offered the fight with Jamel Herring on Fox Sports 1. You know, he didn't want it. He didn't take it. Just last week, there was some rumors going around that he might be fighting Mickey Bay on Fox Sports 1 on uh, August 22nd, the week of the Mayweather-McGregor fight out there in Vegas. But word on the curb is he turned that down. He wants more money than Fox Sports 1 uh, is even willing to pay. And Pedraza needs to remember that you just got smoked on Showtime by Tank, by Javante Davis. So, you know, you've right. got to take a fight on Fox Sports 1. You might have to take short money. And by short money, I mean you might have to fight for 25 grand, 30 grand. And you've got to fight yeah. that dude like a Mickey Bay. You've you got to take that fight to kind of rebuild right. your career. Uh, but anyway, he's turning things down left and right. Um, so I don't Shame. expect to see Pedraza and Mickey Bay happen whatsoever. And that is your word on the curb. 
these guys kill me. Hey, what, what's the old saying? It's easier to find a job when you got a job. Get out there and uh-huh. get to work, brother, or you're not going to get no more fights. All right, before we wrap up, I'm going to run through the weekend fight schedule real quick. Starting on July 28th, Zhu Shiming in his first fight without top rank is going to be mm. fighting against Shokit Mora for Shiming's WBO flyweight title on Telemundo. You will find David Carmona versus Jose Martinez on the same date. On the 29th on ESPN, Golden Boy is back with Saddam Ali versus Johan Perez and our friend of the Morning Punch and Show, Eddie Gomez versus Alejandro Barrera. So make sure you check that out. Also on the same night on Showtime, the big fight. We've been talking about it the whole time. Broner versus Garcia. We also got Jamal Charlo versus Jorge Highland. We've got Gerald Big Baby Miller versus Gerald Washington. Katie Taylor is fighting on the card, getting a woman's fight on the card. I'm not sure who her opponent is yet. And Rashi Warren is also on the card versus McJoe Arroyo. Also on the same night. That's a great fight, and it's a, there's a lot of fights on this card. When I went through and read through all the fights, and I, that's just top five uh, in terms of the order. So there's more fights on the card. So if you're in New York, head out, and you can get a good deal on tickets. Tell them RB&J mm-hmm. sent you. And yeah. on BN Sports, same night, Annabelle Ortiz versus Nancy Franco for Ortiz's WBA Women's Strawweight title. There's also a card going on here in Long Beach, California, on CBS Sports Network, Tremaine Williams versus Angel Luna. And uh, I mentioned this fight. It's not broadcast, but just because of who the name is. Carl Frampton is back in the ring in Northern Ireland, Ireland against Andreas Gutierrez in a WBC featherweight eliminator. And also on the 30th, which is Sunday from Bakersfield on Fox Sports 1, Victor Ortiz makes his way back to the ring against Saul Corral. And in the co-feature, Justin Deloach versus Fernando Guerrero. Where do they find Fernando Guerrero at? Wow. They so, yeah, connect somewhere. Wow, they man, I don't know where they found him, but he man, he got starched the last time I saw him, I, if I recall correctly. So that is your weekend fight schedule. All right, it is nine oh one day. We we did it somehow. We pulled it off. Uh, today's show was brought to you by NationwideAutoWarranties.com, for Ama.com, BoxingInsider.com. Thank you so much to Sean Porter, Kenny Porter, for driving by, stopping by the morning punch and show. Make sure you visit BadCulture.net. RagingBabe.com. We appreciate you for listening today and every Monday morning right here with us from 8 to 9. Thank you and make it a great week. It's RB&J. We're out.